0: Thank you. Welcome to episode 86 of the Better With Running podcast. I'm Zach Newman, marathoner, Runs BB coach and quite a frustrated Essendon supporter and uh, joining me is my co-host Chris Armstrong who is a pretty happy Melbourne supporter. He's also the uh, Shepparton-Botan's number one ticket holder and Runs BB coach. Welcome to the
1: show Chris. Hey thanks Zach, good to be here mate. It's a it's a grand old flag, certainly um, still enjoying our wins um, for the days, although just trying to keep a bit more of a lid on it this year. I mean, Last year, I've been probably guilty of celebrating every win like it was a premiership, <laughs> but um, yeah, sort of becoming a bit more accustomed to hearing the song at the end of a game and not just a start. Yeah, oh, look, it's...
0: Um... Yeah, how the tables have turned, hey! I mean, as an Essendon supporter, for I mean, we actually haven't been going out for a while, but to uh, to start copying it from the Melbourne supporters now, and uh, yeah, well, yeah, it's a bit hard to take, but um,
1: luckily you're a good bloke, and I'll I'll, I'll cop it from you, Chris. Oh, no, thank you. I've um, <laughs> certainly experienced many years of um being disappointed about my footy team having the game snuffed out within the first ten minutes. So, uh, yeah, I sort of feel feel a bit of sympathy towards other people whose football team might not be traveling too well. Being there, yeah. know what it's like, but, um, oh, so don't, don't worry. I'm certainly enjoying these dizzy heights yeah. <laughs> at the moment. I'll hold off sending you the link to that full, uh, 2000 grand final. Oh, pl- watch, yeah.
0: watch back on YouTube.
1: Yeah, no, maybe, <laughs> maybe we could sit down and uh, watch it together. Maybe one day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. um, It's, um, it was oh, just, just chatting off here about how my uh how um you were asking how I've recovered after the golf trip and um obviously my Strava went a bit quiet from Friday. So I reckon with the week recaps, we'll probably kick it off with you, mate, because you've actually done a little bit more running than me. I think you've you've definitely got me for, for mileage um over the past week.
1: Yeah, I thought you were having a recovery week just off the back of those K reps, were you?
0: Yeah, yeah, well it, yeah, <laughs> it was a, it was a lot of hydration. Yeah, well, recovery. yeah, <laughs> I've heard
1: about that. Maybe some alternative uses um, for caffeine, but yeah. we can talk about that <laughs> later on. Um, yeah, look, Saturday Saturday session this week, I had a 30 minute threshold while Anna did a, I guess, a similar length session. She had a 17 minutes at 10k effort, a um, bit of a jog recovery, and then five by one minute on, one minute off just around Kyala. Um, got a nice loop there, but it was pretty windy. So um, I guess our big focus was just to run it running our sessions at Effort, we didn't really, like the pace itself didn't matter. So I had my watch set up just with heart rate and elapsed time. So it wasn't really until I got my case splits that I had any concept of what actual pace that I was running. But um, yeah, and they did jump around a bit, but it was funny by the end of the session. um, Like I I literally did this same session a month ago and uh, like over the um, course of the session, I coverage the, you know, almost exactly the same distance so um yeah pretty happy with that just means that the body's pulled up i'm really happy with how i'm feeling post the 3k uh, knocked over 80ks for the week another nice long run on sunday but plenty of hill oh, i'll say hills we went out to the botan yeah. and um, we did like eight or nine loops of our of our sort of hilly undulating loop um, although um, Monday just gone, it must have done a bit of a number on me because I had to stop three Ks into our um, recovery run and go for a bit of a walk. So um, Anna turned around, had a look at me, um, thought you know, I was a bit pale. So she went, "Oh, you all right? And it, it's a walk for a bit. I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. Thanks, actually. So, um, we were, yeah, we were both a little bit dusty. Um, yeah. Anna had a hit at tennis, um, which she hasn't played for a while. And so she was a bit tight um in some spots you normally wouldn't be so um, yeah but back on the wagon tuesday things that things are looking good and um yeah looking forward to it um what about this saturday i think we have a set of hill reps and a threshold to follow for that one which would be good fun nice mate. just back on that
0: threshold with um obviously knowing you've done that loop before you've done the same session um do you kind of just block that out and just go. It's a new you know, like. How do you approach that? Do you does that even enter your mind that you did
1: you did that session a month or two back? No, no I knew like I, I didn't know the exact date. It was more. Um, I just was conscious of how I wanted it to feel, and that's why I set up just the heart rate and the elapsed time on mm. my watch. Uh, I suppose with threshold work, and I admit I probably closed this session out the last ten minutes a bit harder than I should have. Um, yeah, you know, I suppose it's a trap when you feel, you know, everything feels like it's going okay. But um, the, I just wanted to settle into a rhythm that felt comfortable, and you know, I just checking in with myself: do I do I think that I could hold this for an hour? And mm. um, because it was a bit windy, I, you know, I suppose that's where the pace becomes completely irrelevant. So yeah, and the main thing for me was just to try and settle into a rhythm, and, and you know, just try and hold it and and keep it smooth as opposed mm. to I guess seeing a number come up on the watch and being, you know, it's like sometimes you see a number and it's two or three seconds out, which is still, yeah. when you look at it, go, well, oh, I've got to try a little bit harder. So you put a little surge in, you know, and if you're running a, a race or you know trying to run at a certain effort, like it's just, it's completely redundant. So um, yeah, like across the session, both myself and Anna are really happy in terms of what we did, because whilst the splits varied, um, you know, and sort of look at the effort in terms of the heart rate and, and the cadence as well and it was exactly what we're hoping for so yeah nice and positive and just looking at that is that elevation right it's
0: a zero yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dead, dead flat i mean you're that, right next to the airport there
1: shepherd yeah airport. yes oh. it's got a un, rather unfortunate airport code i've noticed on strava i've had a few people point that out to me um, <laughs> over the last couple of weeks but um <laughs> yeah no it is it is absolutely flat um you know that sort of 5k loop that we've got it's perfect for whoever want to do time trials or as long as we get there early in the morning um, there's not really too much traffic to worry about it's just you know it's pretty popular with the cyclists as well Hmm. um so they include that in some of their loops that they do on that side of town
0: very nice um and on your Strava these days, this—I uh, mean, you've probably been doing it for a little while—but as I look a bit closer and, and stalk a bit, you got the, the emojis going, and there's a few in there that, um, yeah, there's a bit of a meaning behind some of those. Like there's a, there's one, there's an orange in there. and I'm thinking, what what is what's to go with that one?
1: Yeah, that's um, yeah, a lot of these. <laughs> oh, there's uh, uh, a, a bit, yeah, I Probably hit. have to choose my words pretty carefully. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> there's quite. Look, I'll be on the orange. The orange is one I can talk about. That's uh, my orange LT streaks. I think they're mango, but we just use the orange. So it's it's, um, got a bit of a a joke myself. And they're my silly little shoes that I use for my silly little run. Um, You know, it's because it's always the smallest run of the week. And yeah, I just throw them on. But yeah, it's just basically me having a laugh at myself. Um, But yeah, most of the other. Amazes yeah. people. Please don't read too much into it. It's really yeah. just um, us, me and Anna, sharing some in jokes. Um, yeah, taking the piss out of each other. So, yeah, it's it's purely, <laughs> it's probably childish in a sense, but it's really just us um, for our own amusement. So, don't yeah, yeah. Um, invent your own stories with that. It's yeah. all <laughs> and, and quickly, what did um, threshold? What shoes?
0: What what wheels did you have for that one?
1: Yeah, for the. Threshy on Saturday. It was um, actually I'm pretty sure it was the Endorphin Pros. I've got a got a couple of pairs of those. One that I have for races (laughs) sessions. Um, Going to sound like I've got a shoe problem, Um, (laughs) but yeah, no, I'm I'm just going to double check. I'm positive it was the Endorphin Pros. Sometimes I'll do my thresholds in the speeds. Um, Yeah, just no, it's just nice to change it up a little bit, and they're a little bit softer than the pros. Um but yeah, I've got I've got a couple of pairs of those too. You're actually so, pretty diligent in that
0: you've got your shoes listed on Strava, but are they are that are they actually accurate, do you reckon?
1: Yeah. No, they'll be pretty close to even money yeah. like, as far as yeah, I think at the moment, just having a look at my gear. Um so you've got about eight you got about eight shoes on the go. Oh, I think well, I've got, we've got spikes in there. Yeah, not rolling the spikes too often. But um there's, oh God, I hope Nora's not listening to me in the kitchen. um I've got about eight pairs of shoes in the the storage place in our know, walk in robe, and she's forever at me to try and get rid of a pair or two. But <laughs> I sort of look at it, if I've got to get rid of a pair or two, I've got to probably fill it with a, yeah. with a new pair or two. So, but at the moment, I've probably got five pairs that I rotate through um yep. for, for most of my runs yeah and then occasionally yeah, you might throw the spikes on but yeah five five general pairs nice yeah i probably shouldn't talk too much i've got a few on the go as well
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah um nah good week mate and um yeah looking forward to so where are you at for you in terms of a, a race coming or what what's what's on the agenda yeah good question
1: um I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, look, I, I'm really keen to do some cross-country stuff. Um, I know we sort of have a bit of fun with what we're actually going to yeah. do that for, but uh, I still don't know that yet. But um, I'm really hoping to hit Andy up over, you know, whether it's this weekend or in the next couple of weeks and just try and lock something into the calendar so that we know what we're working towards or even just having a bit more of it. Like, it's good... The training at the moment a lot of fun and it's going well. Um, but yeah, I want to try and put some things in just ahead of Gold Coast so that I guess it gives me a bit of a, an outlet to um, feel like I'm working towards something that's not too far away because suppose at the moment I think it's um, nearly three months to the day um, away from Goldie, which is you know still a big chunk of time and yeah. a bit early probably to get into the you know, way too early to get into the bigger weeks of my training that I'm really looking forward to. So it'd be nice to hopefully break it up with a few races. But um, I'd say April, probably there won't be anything, but hopefully there'll be something in May and maybe early June as we get closer.
0: Yeah, it's all going to it's all gonna happen in a bit of a flurry from May onwards, I think, because um, you start to look at the calendar, of the XER, but all, all over. And we'll chat about on, on around the grounds as to, amount of racing that happened over the weekend um that sort of gets you gets you pretty up and about when you see all those results come through and then um yeah knowing that that in the next few months there'll be a lot lot more opportunities um you know on the road or cross country um so yeah that's um good time now to sort of bunker down and just just keep putting
1: in those weeks and then you'll um you'll be ready to go yeah so i noticed um no track for you last night, mate. Down at Optus Oval, one of the more popular loops, um, you know, in the suburbs. There, how did that all go?
0: Yeah, so obviously off the golf trip, I I ran through. Uh, I had the weekend off to uh, practice my golf, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, and and do a bit of rehydrating down with some some friends on a on a golf trip down down your way actually, mate. So um, we passed through Shepparton and I saw the, the track, the famous track there, and um, was tempted to stop and have a look. And um,
1: seemed pretty in condition too. Doesn't get yeah, to used much. does <laughs> looks like it's um
0: it's pretty pretty secured um setup there.
1: Yeah, no, it's um a lot of um big high fences <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to try and stop people from getting in. Oh, well, yeah. Mm. Funny that when you got it anyway. Um
0: there's yeah and um yeah, just crew when was that Cobram um or Baruga actually just at the golf course there? And actually, um, although I didn't run, it's it's that thing you do as a runner. I, I don't know if you do it, Chris so but when you're driving through an area or you're driving to a new location, you start to look at a few areas and go, "Oh, that'd be a good trail to run on, or that'd be nice to." Right. Um, but yeah, I saw some of it. Just obviously, um, not far away from Machuca. so uh, that river, those river tracks reminded me of a few runs with Brady up there. And um, yeah, whilst I didn't get any running in, I managed to uh, yeah probably logged a few Ks on the golf course by chasing my ball into the woods and um, played some tennis, played some table tennis um, and yeah, enjoyed the the country hospitality up there.
1: That's right. I hope they looked after you, mate.
0: They did. It was bloody nice. Really good up there. Um, I was just saying to you earlier that I, I hadn't been in regional Vic for a couple of years. I've been... yeah. You know, everything's just. Even though we've been open for, hey, it's just been. You know, I think it was that thing when, when things opened up in what was it, November, December last year. Um, obviously went to Queensland, but um, I just haven't had the time to sort of get out and about, and it was really nice out there. And um, but yeah, not a lot of running, but um, had to get back on the horse last night. Um, yeah, Optus Oval. We call it Optus Oval Reps because it's actually—I mean, it's—it's at Princess Park in Carlton. So, listeners who would know that area pretty well. And Optus—it's not actually called Optus Oval. I think it's, oh, it's it's Carlton's. Is it Vizzy Park now? Yeah, Vizzy or Icon
1: Park, or I think it's yeah, Icon's probably right. Showing yeah. my age calling it ops. So <laughs> I probably don't follow too closely what happens down Carlton Way. But um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. sorry, sorry if I've offended anyone there. <laughs> but yeah, it is. Um, we
0: basically do um, a semi sort like uh, the the Princess Park loops three point two. So we just there's a there's actually a walkway in the middle of it. Or just a, so you can actually do half of it and do a circuit so you'd like a semicircle that goes around the you know princess park um, or optus ovals in the middle there so we use that's a pretty popular melbourne uni sessions been going for years and years i know when i started the club oh, 10 12 years ago that, that were one of the early sessions i did and um yeah, it's um, now with daylight savings is obviously gone. So it's um, it was starting in the darks uh, a little bit tougher now. I think uh, six o'clock, we start at six, 6.05 is a up time. And then by the time you sort of gather everyone strides, we probably didn't start the session to after 6.30. Um, but yeah, it's um, four of the reps is just under a mile. So each, each reps a mile pretty much, or sorry, it's about 1.5. Um, and yeah, it's it's a test because that jog through the middle, that jog back to the start point. It's oh, I'd have to look at my. I was um. Much to Brady and uh, Mattresses' um, delight, I was using the lap function. And, oh, uh, mate, that's a big breakthrough. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm big step, big step forward. Good job. So, yeah, we will just, I was lapping it as jogged through. So it might tell me how long that um, that break was. Because I've always done mile reps off uh, 90 seconds. Yeah, okay. Um, and I think this one, um, no, it's not going to tell me on Strava. Anyway, um, I'd say it's around two minutes recovery we're getting. Mm-hmm. What sort uh, of
1: effort were you going
0: at? Um, started out at uh, well, I'm looking at splits. I started out at 315s, the first K, and then yeah, things fell away in the last um, <laughs> the second, uh, the third, third, probably the halfway through the third rep. I actually felt good in the second rep. Um, I'm gonna bring up Garmin Connect because that's um, that actually gives me better, um, better data, but. Um, I was yeah, I, I actually felt good after the second rep, and I thought, oh, I'm actually going to push up because it was um, we had two groups going, and I was sitting just in in sort of no man's land for a bit, um, in the first few, and then I actually started to feel good and thought, oh, I'll push up, and yeah, that didn't didn't come through in that third rep, and I started oh. to feel away, and uh, it was good though, like I actually um. It was, yeah. It's it's one of those things. I think when you're when you're building back, you're starting to do sessions, you're doing sessions with with a group, and you're just on the back of them. Um, it's kind of nice to, you know, In on reflection, at the time, I wasn't enjoying just sort of fading fading um, in each rep, but it, you know you're getting a lot of benefit from just you know just getting through those workouts. And um, yeah, I, I think I think that you know the 1k reps we did the other week that was a in hindsight was quite a good session um as still probably not a true in like I think I ran a little bit above where I was and then this was a good sort of jolt back into reality it's like yeah well yeah you've had a weekend off and you're building just so you still need to keep going and I think um yeah so I'll take a fair bit out of that um so yeah got through it and uh I've got a. I'll do a threshold on Saturday. and back onto the long run Sunday, so
1: ah, nice this is one. More of a more of a regular week. I was going to say with um with that third rep and just feeling a bit yuck. Would you would any like given the weekend that you've had? I believe there may have been a few <laughs> a few more beverages than intended. But you know, and obviously we're not the, as young as we used to be. But would there be a bit of a Sort of follow-on effect do you think from that or just generally that probably went out a little bit hard and just felt the, the effects of that more so yeah I'd say I'd say there
0: would be probably a bit of residual fatigue in there. <laughs> um I was you yeah, know we we stayed up a lot I stayed up a lot later I probably had a lot more um a lot more hydration than I usually do yeah. of course of a weekend. What um, was the drink of choice while you're away? Well <sighs> There was a there was uh it was a good mixture of drinks just to keep it um keep it interesting but we did realise that um and this was to my mate Davo's um detriment that down in down in Melbourne you pay about twenty five dollars for an espresso martini um oh, you pay ten dollars at uh the at the not that I'm uh advocating um yeah drinking too much but we may have got a bit yeah yeah. We've, <laughs> We may, have, we may have real, may have thought, well, we're onto a bit of a bargain here. We might might as well um, make use of that. So, um, and then yeah, even on golf course, they they conveniently came around um with a golf cart um with with sort of five dollar beers. So um, we were oh. sort of you know we wanted to support the local community, so we made sure we we purchased some.
1: Yeah, which you know I think that's really quite generous I like, you know, they'll be most appreciative. <laughs> yeah of your generosity
0: yeah but I look um I would say I actually felt all right warming I I don't, I don't think I was that tired but yeah you know well it's it's still probably and and I was trying to sort of talk to myself when you going, well you have a bit of an advantage when you haven't done the Sunday run um <laughs> you know I was fresh um whereas the other guys had done their Sunday run and were, um but yeah didn't didn't end up that way but no all good and uh it's it's sort of I mean that group effect, and um, I think with Melbourne Uni um, and and just the, the group at large getting ready for the season, it's um, yeah, it's really motivating. Just having everyone just you know showing up, and yeah, it was it's a bit darker now, it starts to get a little bit colder, but um, you know having that group really helps. Had a few orienteers. We've actually recruited a few orienteers. Um, yeah, there was three in that lead pack, three three guys that represented Australia and um, for orienteering. So
1: Jeez, look uh, out.
0: Yeah, they won't be any lost out on the um on the track no. because <laughs> um. But yeah, they, they can run. Yeah, so um that was that was pretty cool to um yeah
1: to meet those guys and looking forward to doing a few more workouts with them. Uh, good stuff. We're sort of um, thinking there'll be more track sessions coming up, or we yeah. We'll- yeah. I, think, I think there'll be, a yeah, not as many
0: as what, because the group was sort of rounding out. They're doing uh, Maxi Ueda um, and a few of the others, Johnny Earl. A, a few have got the Collingwood Classic this weekend. Oh, yep. That's yep. Saturday? Yeah, Saturday. Yep. So there's a five and a 10K on the track, I think, maybe. Yeah. So there's a few doing that. And then that sort of track season done for them. So... They'll keep. We'll keep in some track workouts just to keep you know the turnover going. But yeah, a lot of it will now move to to Princess Park towards uh, road reps and and some hills as well in there. Yep. Yeah. So and, and um, Chris, so you would have seen on our socials, we had um, we put out a post I think on Monday just recapping some of the around the grounds, some of the events going off in, uh, in Melbourne. Cause I was, um, like I was saying, I was, I did a swap cause Brady, I thought the Brady, oh, I'll, I'll be up around that area in your, your neck of the woods. I'll say day. but he was coming into Melbourne. So he was at run <laughs> for the kids, um, along with a bunch of, um, run to BB athletes, including, um, Nathan Stode. I, I was talking about Nathan on the podcast, um, Last year, off the back of his Melbourne Marathon debut, and um, and Brady coaches Nathan, and uh, he was on the podium, on the podium, uh, for third, um, pretty handy run, and um, yeah, massive performance from him. Oh, incredible
1: results! Yeah, no, incredible. I was actually chatting to Nathan Sunday afternoon, and you know he he's got such a good story. He's a you know Nathan's been running for like Nathan's twenty two. Mm. And I remember Nathan coming along to park run at Shep when he was sort of 16, 17, and he'd be running in his Barcelona. Like he's a big fan of um, soccer, loves it, oh, played yeah. it. Um, but he would come along in the full Barcelona kit, so the full <coughs> um, knee length shorts, um, the Barcelona top, um, you know, and the sort of calf or he did yeah, calf high socks. And I'm uh, like, oh, who's this kid? And yeah, like wow, he watched him run like no, his early park runs were sort of low 17 minutes, but, you know, he was just coming along purely for a bit of fun. Um, He'd be running sort of 15 or 20K a week and he'd always be trying to knock Parkrun over as quick as he could and, you know, to see how he's developed from, you know, running 15 to 20K a week and then over the course of the last sort of four or five years, particularly the last sort of 18 months where Brady's taken under his wing. Mm. um, You know, Nathan's such a lovely guy. He's very softly spoken, very humble, um, but he just genuinely loves running. Um, and he's just, you know, to those that, has, I try not to wrap him up because this is going to sound way over the top. But those <laughs> that have seen him run, mm. like he's very, he's quite tall. Nathan would be six foot one and he's quite lean, but he just covers the ground really smooth. like There's a mm. little bit, I'm not saying he is, but there's a little bit of, I look at the way he runs and it just reminds me of the way that Craig Mottram used to move mm. um, just quite tall, but just effortless, yeah. um, you know, and Nathan's progressed to the point where, you know, I hope Brady doesn't get upset with me saying this, but <laughs> Nathan, Nathan legitimately beat Brady and yes. Archie over the weekend, mm-hmm. you know, both. I mean, we, we know how good of an athlete Brady is. He's an absolute superstar. And, you know, it, I think it'd be great to hear from Brady how he's feeling Um, coaching a couple of guys who are actually finishing ahead of him in in these races now like it's been probably a little bit of an adjustment but it also just goes to show what a great coach he is too. because Mm -hmm. these guys have got talent um but they're genuinely you know getting the most out of their ability too i know uh, archie i think finished fifth nathan was third and um and Brady was sixth, yeah. But you know, which is fantastic. I know that um, the Bendigo Bats would be very happy about that. But um, you know, just to Archie um, ran or won a race in Tassie, um, you know, a few weeks ago, and mm. just to see that you know both those boys doing so well, it's it's amazing. And you know, here we are in April, and I think you know they've just progressively gotten better and better each month this year. So mm. um, yeah, exciting times for those guys. Yeah,
0: hundred um- percent. I think you've nailed it, the way he has taken uh, Nathan and Archie under his wing. Um, Brady's been, been, I mean, you know, he's getting on now, but um, he has been around the circuit for a long time, so consistent and still at the top of his game. But now he's able to impart that on these guys and, um, yeah, that mentorship. And I think, you know, if you you just go on about Nathan, I mean, he's now a 14-18 guy. Um, yeah. yeah 30 30 66 for a half and a 221 guy and um, he, he's really only been in the sport a, couple, what, a year or two, two years or something
1: i'd um, say like he's yeah genuinely that you know heading ascending towards that part of the field i'd say probably two years and yeah but you know but in saying that he's really only had very limited opportunities because you mm. know his av season I mean, they Virtually wasn't off. one last yeah. year. and mm. um, He didn't really get to race too much of note last year, you know, outside of that, but, you know, the Melbourne Marathon. Um, so he's still, you know, in terms of, I guess, races and experience, he's still quite light on, but just to see his development, um, you know, I think he, uh, to run 14-18 with, you know, the, I guess what he's got behind him, who knows, mm. you know, who knows, we might have so you know, impressive something pretty special there on it, on you know, on Brady's hands. But you know, mm. just I mean, knowing Nathan personally, um, it's just really cool because you know, he still comes down to Shepherd and Runners Club training every now and then. And he's still yeah. the same guy that came along yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, when he was sort of 17, 18, 19. So yeah, you know, he loves loves catching up and having a bit of banter and uh, sort of jumping in and sort of jogging around for the session and, you know. He's just a lovely fella. Yeah,
0: we'll get. We'll have to get Brady. Maybe we'll get all three of them on on one stage and have a bit of an open chat. That'd be pretty cool because, yeah. Um, yeah, they are. Um, you know, we're obviously talking. I mean, run to PB. We've got athletes of all abilities, and and these guys. Um, yeah, they're right. We're probably talking it. Um, yeah, these these guys are featuring at national level now. Um, it's um, it's pretty cool to to see um but yeah there was there was a bunch that were there on for the kids and I think just that um yeah another mass event back at Melbourne um it was really cool and just seeing all the the photos coming through and um I saw actually one of my athletes uh, I'll give a shout out to which is Lauren uh Lauren Das who um yeah ran 64 it was like first race for ages she's obviously endured all the all the, the cancellations so she was wrapped to get back out there and um actually had her husband go around with um their son uh, in the pram and then uh, her husband 90 minutes um she's oh. played strong running with her you know pushing the pram um you know with the bolty included there so um yeah cracking run um from the from that trio that's a great um, effort <laughs> Uh, And, yeah, our last week's guest, Anna Anna Ellis, was around. Did you see she managed to snag a photo with Sinead Diver?
1: Yeah, I did see that. That was very impressive. Um, (laughs) I know one of my friends, Kate, she is a massive Sinead Diver fan. So, um, yeah, she'd be a little bit jealous of that, I think. But, yeah, what what an awesome memory to have. Yeah, it was um,
0: very cool to see that. Uh, Over in Clear Valley in South Australia, Steve? See friend, he went around in a half, um, so that was cool to see because he's he's always um he's out there consistently training. Does a few triathlons as well, so um big run from Steve over there. Wollongong Track Club, they had their their um the Gong, or WTC Track, I think they call themselves the Gong Five uh, K, and um yeah, Sam Jones, he um he took it out, got the win. He's coached by Brady, um fifteen. 15-15 or 1517 for him. So cracking run for men. And Dane, not who's um who's been featured on the show a few times, uh, training partner of, of Sam. Um yeah, he also coming back up an injury, was back out there on the on the track. So yeah, some great results on uh, you know the road and the track. Oh, another one. Um another one, if I indulge myself, he made another one of my athletes, VJ. Um, um he's based in india he was traveling um in the south of india and uh just (laughs) messaged me and said oh i've got my long run in i might just jump in this 15k trail race and uh yeah (laughs) went around and did pretty well so that was that was good for him because they've had i mean they've had real issues with a lot of races cancelled and only now they're starting to get back and going so um he was sort of like i want to take this opportunity so nice one there
1: that's no, it's good. I think um, I see also John Cox, who's also one of Brady's athletes, but also a coach at Run to pb um, yeah. Manchester, Manchester Marathon for John as well.
0: Yeah, he did. Um, He went really well. And they actually um, – <laughs> so they've got the – John's got a podcast, Single Malt Marathoners. Uh, his partner's on there and um, they – so he, he went well over the marathon and then managed to land himself in the newspaper or on the online Manchester um, Times, I think it was. There's a photo in our socials and, uh, yeah, just um, taking his wife uh, on, the, on the finish line. And, uh, yeah, they, uh, yeah, got featured in a uh, big photo. So that was pretty cool to see. Um, yeah, so famous uh, famous John Cox. Uh, is now, um, yeah, plastered across the internet. Oh, you'll love that too, I reckon.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you will. I, um, another, oh, just a shout out I wanted to throw in here. And it's, um, well, we don't typically talk too much about our coaches' results, but um, one that caught our eye and we'll probably chat a bit more about the Nationals was um, the yeah Australian Track and Field Championship 5,000 metres 13:46 for James Hansen. so he came fifth in the final, and he, uh, yeah, and that was a PB for him. So a huge run from uh, from Jimmy. How good's that?
1: And it was a pretty decent field too. it? Wasn't oh, a, to- it yeah, wasn't a yeah. token fifth. Like, it was a really <laughs> solid. It was a great effort. I mean, 13:46 is quick, but um, yeah, I am mean, PB in a final, top five in the country. That's that's impressive.
0: Yeah, a few Olympians in front of him. well, um Ramson won it. So yeah. he's sort of on the on the cusp. And then um, you got what McIntyre was second. Um so yeah, massive, massive run from Jimmy. And he's had um he's had some health battles in the last few years and you know, some injuries and things like that. And he's just come back and now to come out and and you know, run run PV and the national champs and, and finish fifth as a as a cracking result and uh i think the team the community was uh, right behind him on that one yeah absolutely just on the nationals mate did you so i was uh i was obviously away for that super saturday that there was some cracking events but i was i did get some results come through and then watch the races a little bit later did you cap did you happen to um to catch some of the races on the stream yeah,
1: did there was a couple that I was really keen to see. Um, so men's fifteen hundred, really wanted to watch Ollie Hoare run. So I'm a pretty big Ollie Hoare fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, women's five k, Jess Hole was running, and so she doesn't run in Australia too much. And I was um, mentioned in previous podcast as to you know we don't get to see I guess our stars all the time. But um, yeah, women's five k was the other one that sort of set aside that I really wanted to to watch as well. But um. Yeah, other than that, those was sort of the ones where I'd sort of i tuned in and oh, when I say tuned in, I jumped on YouTube and yeah, found the stream and just wound it back to you know where the races were and just had a bit of a look and then sort of popped in and out.
0: Yeah, Ollie was impressive with his win. He just put the afterburners on uh, that last eight hundred.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was just sort of basically just like I suppose the time that he ran was essentially what he ran in the heats as well. Yeah, you know, three forty. So mm. sort of in terms of what he can run i guess we'd, we'd say that's not quite at his best but you know he's really just a man who's come over to do what was required pick up the win um you know off to oregon off to the world champs and yeah. commonwealth games so you know business business taken care of and i believe had a celebratory feast at kfc later that night so <laughs> yeah. yeah i'll say yeah. on the socials uh, <laughs> he, he loves it it's funny i the video of him and Morgan McDonald and he's forever eating just some of the most atrocious food. I don't know how he does (laughs) it. Yeah, no, he's um, he's into the the KFC, the Colonel's um, secret herbs (laughs) and spices. Uh, Maybe that's
0: what we're doing wrong, Chris.
1: Yeah, well, um, I'm willing to give it a try if it means that I can run like that, but um, yeah, yeah, I'm sort of (laughs) fearful of the blowout that may happen if I get get addicted (laughs) to that stuff, so yeah. Yeah, um yeah
0: I mean what caught my eye there was a lot of a lot of amazing I, I just think some of the names uh, feels like the depth is there in Australian distance running and um we're gonna get on I think Sean whip's keen to have a chat about this in the next few weeks just to chat a bit more in depth he's just an absolute guru when it comes to, to to running and stats and things like that but um yeah just when you look at um, you know, even that fifteen hundred where Colwell got the win over two Olympians, Griffin and Hall. Um, you know, you, like you said, Hull in that five k and Davies, and like just, I mean, it is the nationals, but the start, the names that are coming through and that are that you get to see, you know, Peter Bowl and Bissett, they're doing it on the world stage, um, and it's just, yeah, it's it's pretty cool time um, to be a fan of, of athletics, I think.
1: Oh, we're pretty spoiled. As I said, I reckon we've got the product. We just need to get it out to the masses so everyone else can appreciate it.
0: Yeah, 100%, mate. And that 5K, that was probably the one that uh, stuck out for me as a, as a race of the, the meat, I thought, in terms of the distance running. Um, Jess Hull winning it. But, geez, it was... Um, I was reading a stat and we, we got it up from, uh, from Tarby, um, the, the AA or the... The chief stats man, he mentioned there was ten PBs in that 5K. Oh, it
1: was incredible. Um, you know, both Jess and, and Rose Davies ran qualifiers you know, under the 15:10 standard. And you've got Natalie Rule and Izzy Bat Doyle who only just missed. And you know, when we say only just missed, Natalie Rule ran 15:10.24, yeah. and oh, Izzy ran 15:10.97. So not even a second. Yeah. Um that they missed out on. Um, I, um Callie Thackeray was third who's actually running for Box Hill at the moment. Yeah. Um Great Britain native, but um yeah, running for Box Hill at the moment. It's um you know, I think Jess Hull was pretty much one of the few runners who didn't run a PB, but I'm sure she'll be okay knowing that she took home the win yeah. and um you know ran a qualifier. So yeah, it was just incredible.
0: Well six athletes ran under the race record. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean that's just <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's just a crazy right It was really good. If anyone hasn't um seen it, definitely jump on the um, Athletics Australia YouTube page, and you can just search it up, or it just goes, it'll will click straight on it. You can watch it. It's um, yeah, really impressive running. Um, and Eloise Wellings was was paid <laughs> did a cameo performance, just paced for six laps on the front there, and um five, six laps, and uh, yeah, did a good job.
1: Yeah, did an outstanding job, fresh off Nagoya Marathon at a 2.25, yeah. and here she is, just pops up, 5K, okay, I'll do the work, ladies tucking behind me, and hey, look at the results that followed. So, no, it was pretty special. Now, um, see that Jess is going to attempt the 10 record. I believe um, Jen Gregson holds that at the moment with an 11.54. Or what do does think, Lyndon mate? Hall have it? Or did, oh.
0: Because... Um, Mate, Good well, question. maybe Jen's got it, but um, I only say that because yeah, I saw that news, the savo, and then literally was out running with the group at the tan, and Lyndon Hall was, and we saw Lyndon said g'day, and she was off to do a session around the tan. Um, no, it's saying according to Tempo Journal, it's saying Jessica Hart is coming for Lyndon Hall's eleven thirty-five around the tan. Uh, okay, I've, I've. Um, I'm stuck on an old news article.
1: At I, think, for I think when Jen,
0: Jen had it, I think Jen had it, then Lyndon uh, Lyndon lowered it, and now um, yeah, Jess holes Hall, coming, and uh, yeah, we were joking that uh, she was out there training it, you know, trying to <laughs> trying <laughs> to sharpen up for the for the hit out. But um, yeah, that is that's exciting to um, to see Jess. Um, I wonder if she's actually had a like even i mean she would have surely over the time she's she's um, raced down here in melbourne and done a lap when she's been traveling or something but i you know i wonder if she's actually really you know done a session even around it because there's a, you know there's a bit of strategic way to, to run that um mm. but yeah sometimes it's good just to go in there without overthinking it and just run hard <laughs> to just go hard and hang on especially up the Anderson street hill yeah Oh, it'll be exciting to to watch and um I think the publicity that it'll get and um yeah it'll it'll be good. They do a good job, the um run the tan crew uh, setting that up and getting people involved and always get a, a bit of media and a bit of attention for the sport, which is good and, and look yeah. after the athletes with some with some prize money. Mate, there was something else I was gonna chat to you about. Oh, this is what I yeah, this is something it's just Triggered me because um, Gemma actually had a go at me and Matt in a group message about this. Um, she sent a screenshot of um, something that appeared on the socials during the week, which was um, which is a guy in Ireland called Tommy Hughes, who is 62, and he ran
1: 2:30 for the marathon. Let's well, uh, just—he's not just a guy. This man is superhuman. Yeah. <laughs> like, So, so, yeah, he's 62. Let's do the man a bit of justice. He's a former Olympian mm. who's got a PB of 213.59 um, from back in 1992. And he didn't just break the world master's 60-plus mm. record. He obliterated it. He took six minutes out of it. That's um yeah. Like, average of 333, um, you know, and even just his splits, like, Um, 74 for the first half 75 and a bit of change um, you know to bring it home just absolutely incredible and there's a um, photo that i've seen of him and just looks in absolutely amazing shape like if someone had told me this guy was in his mid-30s you could sell that to me like yeah no No worries yeah i wouldn't bat an eyelid but 62 i mean my lord (laughs) that's i don't know whether to be um think that's ridiculous or just be you know Blown away. I'm a bit speechless. It's just
0: yeah. mind blowing. Oh, yeah. um, Gemma basically said, "What well, you guys have got to lift," <laughs> 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 and also he's also said that, um, "Yeah, you're not far off in, <laughs> in terms of age," <laughs> oh. uh, which is a bit harsh. But yeah, no, unbelievable. And he look he's run back in last so last month's so is tune up for the Manchester Marathon as you do do the half marathon rolls a 71 minute half yeah like, <laughs> <laughs> so that was the world best so in a month oh. space of a month he's he's um yeah he's he's knocked off two world records and they uh i mean how's i just yeah i mean you yeah like you said you look at that, that photo and he's um he's ripped and he's looking fit and obviously like you know i think it'd be great to sort of Dig in and have a look a bit closer at his training and like how's you know someone of you know sixty two um, yeah. managing to do this and he's obviously I mean uh, you know, that being a former Olympian he's got that <laughs> that mindset that he's obviously just carried through ongoing and um, yeah still yielding these results
1: yeah so with a, a two thirty that would just about get you you know, as a minimum under all the world major marathons as a sub elite wouldn't it.
0: Yeah, I reckon it would. Um, It's certainly, yeah, I'd certainly be well and truly in, um, you know, if you look at even uh, all the the domestic races in Australia, it would be on the podium, basically, most of them. Um, Yeah, that is just so impressive. Um, I'm sure he's, I'd have to look back, but I'm sure he's done uh, a lot of majors and as a master, because I have... um, you know, he'd, he'd have to be. Wouldn't be many masters, uh, you know, in the 40s and 50s that are near him. Like, let alone in this, the 60s. So he's oh, just it's amazing effort.
1: it. Just be thinking, like, whoever holds the men's 65 plus age yeah. group records <laughs> yeah, would be yeah, yeah. would be sweating nervously. I'm thinking it's only a matter of time at this stage. Yeah, It
0: doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime soon. No. Now, Chris, so you um, you caught up with one of your athletes for a bit of a chat during the week, Kate Dayton, and um, yeah, I had a listen before um, before we put this one to air, and uh, I absolutely love this interview, mate. I thought it was um, really inspiring and uh, just such a cool a cool running story.
2: Yeah. And, um,
0: how about you, mate? How was it, uh,
1: firstly interviewing interviewing um, an athlete? Yeah, it was. Um, oh. It was weird. I, I I enjoyed it. It's I guess I haven't actually done... I've done one interview previously to this and that was about five years ago. <laughs> so, and to interview, like, Kate's a really good friend of mine. So, it was sort of... It was a challenge to go from, um, I guess, having a chat with one of your best mates to actually make it more of an interview where, uh, you know, you try and get some, some info out. Um, but... Yeah, it was a bit of an emotional one. Um, mm-hmm. Kate Kate's pretty raw and honest in this one. Um, you know, she's a, a really good lady. I you know those that have a listen will get a really good understanding. But she goes into a bit of detail about how she started in running. Um, you know, without giving too much away, she didn't play any sport or do any I guess any physical activity of, of any note until she was thirty five when she went to Park Run for the first time. And um, prior to that, she was um, drinking Cosmopol- Cosmopolitan's on a Friday night, um, living her best life. So, um, you know, to pretty much go from that and she's progressed through to, um, you know, running fives, tens, halves, a few marathons and even a couple of ultra marathons. Um, yeah, like it, it's an amazing journey and even just like some things along the way where she um, raised a stack of money for a terminally ill stepmom. Um, yeah, like it's just... It's really got an amazing story to tell, and there's plenty of laughs in there as well. Um, mm. yeah, I'm sort of give it a listen and then yeah, hopefully, look, I just hope people um, get some value out of it and, and really enjoy it.
0: I'm sure they will, mate. Yeah, and, and Kate's fe- featured on our socials a few times, and I know I've posted some some results and some images of Kate before that, but I didn't know the background story. Like I'd seen the PBs, and I'd seen the, the race that she'd done, and then to hear. The journey she's bought, been on, um, yeah, you know, to get to this to the point where she's finishing and running ultra marathons. Um, yeah, really cool story, and I think the listeners will uh, really listen, we really enjoy this one.
1: Yeah, I hope so, ladies and gents. You're in for a treat today. We've got a very special guest joining us. This star of a lady is a really good friend of mine. She's a mum to three kids, works full-time as a mental health trauma therapist. She studies part-time also to be a yoga instructor and, just quietly, one of Sinead Divers' biggest fans as well. This lady also owns PBs of 2056 over 5K, 141 for the half marathon and 342 for the marathon, as well as also being a two-time ultra-marathoner. Welcome to the Better With Running podcast, Kate Dayton.
2: Hey guys I'm very excited to be here today and for my first podcast so thanks I'm really excited to be with you here today Chris.
1: <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, it's good to have you here I know it took a little bit of convincing but um, no, I'm very thankful that you've given up your time here on the weekend to have a bit of a chat.
2: Yeah, i scared absolutely but here <laughs> Can't it's, say to you,
1: Chris. <laughs> uh I tell you, it, it's a bit different to probably the the normal chats that we might have at parkrun or on, on a Thursday night at training, but that's okay. I'm sure we can keep it a little bit professional today. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, it's all good. Hey, um, it's been a while. Um, we've been working together since late 2017. I had to go back and check, but it's yeah, since um it's, yeah, it can be five years this year, but you actually started running a little bit before then, back in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, I like think your first park run was back in September of 2015. Do you remember that day and what you ran?
2: I remember it very, very clearly. So the week before, a bit of context, I was having cocktails with my girlfriends. Um, I was a, not a runner, so never ran in my life, um, not sporty, not competitive, but was having these cocktails and they tasted very good, Cosmopolitan, I can remember that. <laughs> and I said to my girlfriend, who, you know, is is a bit of a runner, I said, I'm going to go do that park run. And she's like, well, how do we go about doing it? I'm like, well, I've got no idea. Um, anyway, she didn't rock up that Saturday morning, but there, oh. I, there I was, scared as absolute anything, like, petrified like petrified whether people would look at me um judge me um just so scared like really scared as um not being the runner and I did it and I think I got around 45 minutes and I remember just feeling so happy like so happy if you see the photo I'm sure that Kelsey could get it from us at our park run guru is that my face is all scrunched up my my arms are going everywhere my feet are going everywhere you know I look like I was dying and (laughs) I think I pretty much was but that accomplishment that I could do that 5k's like that just blew my mind um yeah and it just started from there I kept going every week from
1: from that time Oh, and I look, I suppose, and just for pure contest context, that was literally the first time you'd run. Like, you, you didn't play sport during school or during your 20s or during your 30s up to that point. Um, no social fun runs, none, none of that. Just literally Mm-mm. a week before, a few cocktails, and then you went,
2: and there um, I was. Let's give running a go. Let's give running a go. Um, I'd run like a 200 metres outside my gate, I think, you know, a couple of weeks prior um, and I thought, <laughs> oh, this is okay. I can shuffle a little bit. This is a bit cool. No, I started running, um, I think I was around 35. I'm really bad with dates and times and stuff, but, yeah, around 35. So three kids and there I was. Mm, quite yeah,
1: yeah I suppose, what you I suppose what we would normally, I guess, say is that, with people that they, they might run a little bit before kids and then they have kids and then they go back into it. Whereas you, you started completely fresh.
2: Absolutely. I remember um, like, if you've never run in your life and um, maybe there's some listeners out there you know, I've come new to run PB that are just new to running. Like I remember my toes hurting, my jaw hurting so I was holding my jaw you know my arms my back my hips because if you've never run in your life your body's like wow like what is this movement um your lungs that's a good one isn't it? like your lungs scream so it was um it was definitely a new experience for me and I'm really glad that I that I um kept doing it and I kept turning up because it would have been probably easy to quit in that you know from that moment of pain <laughs>
1: I suppose the shock that your body goes into it's like what are you doing to me why yeah. are we doing this
2: why are we having those cocktails instead <laughs> we should be
1: sleeping in
2: we should be sleeping in exactly um so yeah I feel like I'm quite different to probably some of the runners out there my story is a little bit different but you know, in, there's also been some positives with that, Chris, that, you know, I feel like I haven't helped, you know, I don't have pre-existing injuries from maybe other the other runners might have because my body's quite new to running. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I suppose, you know, look, here we are coming up seven years later and you're still doing it week in, week out. Um, you know, you, you've, you've progressed from running your first park run in 45 minutes to now you've run multiple marathons couple of ultra marathons, you know, the sort of 5K, 10K and everything in between, what is it that you love about running that just keeps you getting up, you know, going back out there?
2: Yeah, really good question. Sunrises.
1: Yeah, sunrises are great. I'm a big advocate for sunrises.
2: I can just chase sunrises every single day and it just fills my soul with happiness. Um, that's definitely something that I've really loved about running and it keeps me gets me out of bed because at the moment it's pitch dark and, and getting colder. Um, the connections. So what I mean by that is connecting to myself um, has been probably one of the biggest learning things that I've that I've been really lucky to experience with running. So I've learned a lot about myself. I've learned um, some of the weaknesses that I have but also some of the strengths. So using the mind as a mental gym, I've really grown that mental strength over the last few years. I'm more confident, um, which is pretty amazing. I think, you know, my self-belief is better. My, the connections that I've had, like Parkrun, like I was petrified and now I'm part of Parkrun, you know, runners club. Like that took me probably two years to even join because I was so scared to join the runners club. And then, you know, run to PB and then more connections through ultra running and so just that connection with people and also the connection to nature so those sunrises rainbows i just get out into nature and I, it's just like joy it's just like a happy place and i just feel so blessed that i can do that and that just keeps me keeps me coming back for more the other thing is what doesn't bring me back yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm making it real (laughs) because running's not all joy like I think that's really important um it's you know the dogs chasing you you know the drippy noses the you know nature can turn it can be windy it can be hailing so it's a it's the balance and what it brings and I think that's that's life it shows it You know, it's life, you know, the elements of the weather is the elements of life, what we'll experience, the highs and lows and changing in directions.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I know, you know, we've run together quite a bit over the years and on some of our easy runs, it probably it wouldn't matter what animal was out there, whether it was a dog, a bird, a cat, it, you know they never ever had any interest in me i think they could smell the fear on you and they would just come directly to you they would chase you if it was a bird it would swoop you If it was a dog you'd it, you'd be the only one it would jump up on <laughs> just yeah and it was cruel because i just i know how scared you are of, you yeah. know, animals while we're <laughs> out running around
2: yeah and then like I've been bitten before so there's there's trauma there but like it's very common for me to ring a friend like Sam my running partner in touch say come get me a magpie swooping me. <laughs> <laughs> and he comes to my rescue
1: <laughs> I believe there's been a few times where you have stopped for quite some time and hidden behind a tree when there's been <laughs> different animals around is that true
2: legit <laughs> I, own it. I, totally
1: I shouldn't I shouldn't laugh because it's a real thing but yeah, I, yeah yeah
2: so you know running um when I talk about running like my whole face lights up you know that like it just so much joy and that's what keeps me going but um it's also you know it's taking to account those things that bring you challenges and and I like that about it as well I could stop running because I'm scared of dogs but I I keep going yeah,
1: yeah. I know um one of your favourite sayings and probably one I've pinched off you um, and sort of shared with some of my other athletes is courage over comfort. Do you want to talk to me a little bit about what courage over comfort means to you?
2: Yeah, it's pretty deep and it probably starts from from why I started running. Um, So I guess it started from that park run of, you know, being really scared, you know, feeling judged, feeling that I wasn't. The runner and having to really build on the mental strength of you know having courage and having vulnerability to overcome that, to be present and to face your fears and to overcome them. So I, I started running too because my stepmom, that was the other reason, was had cancer and so she was palliative. And that was a really challenging time. And running gave me the opportunity to, it was therapy. It was therapy where, I, you know, I cried a lot during those those times when I was running, but, you know, I, I just had to keep showing up and being vulnerable. So crying through those runs was very vulnerable, but showing up and looking within. So I think courage over comfort for me is, you know, when I'm on those ultra marathons or when things get really tough, it's about looking within myself and being curious and going, hey, it's there. Like, you know, we talk about those blue butterflies, they're there and they, they don't feel nice. But having the courage to sit with that or be with it to overcome it.
1: Yeah, I think, um,
2: <laughs>
1: I think one of the things I've also learnt from you is that it's okay to be vulnerable that you yeah. know it's not you know sometimes the the best whether it's success or fun or the or the memories often lie when we do allow ourselves to be a little bit vulnerable and put ourselves outside of our comfort zone um you know and I'm sort of see numerous examples of that and that might be you know taking on a distance that you're unsure about or going to a race that you've you know, it sort of frightens you a little bit or even, it, you know, it might be a short and fast one where, you know, it's going to challenge you physically and mentally and, you know, you can walk away um, at the end of it knowing that you've given your all and can be really proud of your result. But, like, one thing that you mentioned before about your self-confidence where you know, over time as you've become a more experienced runner, um, it's been amazing to see that confidence grow because you've allowed yourself to be vulnerable and you've taken on these challenges and you've come out the other side of it um, with a new sense of what you're capable of as well. Um, and you sort of continued to grow on from that. I mean, you know, you look at from where you started and there were quite humble beginnings to the things that you've achieved now where, you know, the, the distances that you've run and the times that you've run, I mean, I know that first park run took around 45 minutes, and there was a bit of walking. Was that one? But you know, you, you were sort of as a 5K runner around that 30 to 31 minute mark, and through sheer persistence and fun and love and you know and courage, you've sort of whittled that down to just under 21 minutes. And you've taken the best part of 10 minutes out of your 5K time, and. Um, you know, just some of the adventures that you've had, I think it's, it's phenomenal the things that you've achieved in you know, what I consider a fairly short period of time. And we're talking only, only seven years. So, yeah, it's sort of, you know, as a coach um, and, and as a friend, I know I'm, I'm extremely proud of you. So,
2: um,
1: yeah, no, it's, it's good. There's been lots of happy stories and memories along the way.
2: Can I just sort of say with that as well, because um, you know, like I go very, very quiet when you put something on my plan, I'm <laughs> like three K time trial, and I go very quiet. <laughs> and you know, you know, in what we've been doing, you know, over the last few years, isn't It's is reminding, you know, myself when when I do feel scared or, you know, vulnerable in those moments is, you know, it's okay. Like, you know, you, you don't have to get a PB and it's not about PBs. It's, it's about showing up and, and facing fears because it will be okay.
1: Yeah. You know, one thing that, and we've always spoken about this, anyone that's sort of been around me for long enough will understand that it's never about the result, it's always about the effort and the intent and you know if you put the effort in for long enough you'll sort of get the result that you're after that you know it's one thing you can always be proud of is that you know when it, when the times come you've always put the effort in and, and you know it's, it just shows that the character of you as a person.
2: Mm. Thanks. No that's all right. <laughs> Except for when I'm hanging off a cliff and I'm absolutely petrified of hearts like at four peaks. Yeah. <laughs> Won't do that again, but, you know, I, I was still, um, yeah, that courage to do things that, you know, that make you fearful. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, that's it. I think um, one thing I, I really did want to ask you, if you could go back to 2015 and have a chat to Kate, who's just starting out on a journey, one piece of running advice to help bring her along a little bit quicker, what would you tell her?
2: Well, I was, I was. the first thing that comes to my mind is that courage over comfort, but we've, yeah. we've talked about that. But I guess I would tell her that you can do it. Um, an example what I'm thinking about is when I did the ultra marathon in December, like I, it was probably, you know, it was a really challenging run for me. And I hit a rock and I fell. I went flying, there was blood everywhere, and I was on my own. And I looked at that rock and I said, well, you've hit me, rock, but I can do hard. So when it gets hard, I can do hard. So I would go back to that, you know, back in that time when I was a bit younger and say, you know, when it gets hard, you can do it. You can do training, like can like you can do a training plan you can you can train you can run um and it, over time you know you can do all that training stuff but work on that mental stuff because that's really important that will carry you through because when you hit hard because you will because there's pain in running somewhat pain there shouldn't be pain but you know what i mean uncomfortable there's yeah. uncomfortableness in running and there should be uncomfortableness in running so when you hit hard when it gets hard you
1: can do it yeah so no I like that and I you know I suppose I can relate to so much of that um you know seen times where you know um you know this probably leads me to my, my next question but you know you you're a very busy lady you know three young kids um, you know, just the whole family life, working full time, and then trying to find sort of six to eight hours a week to go and do your running as well. How do you successfully juggle all that and sort of try and be present in everything that you do?
2: It's completely bonkers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: you know, I'm just like flying around everywhere, I'm just like here, there, everywhere. I take a deep breath that's what I do a lot of um I try and ground myself that's probably you know the biggest skill that I've I'm learning to do I think it's it's something it's a learning you know learning thing that we all need to do the jaggle struggles real like when I said it was bonkers it's so real like you know I've got three kids full-time and I work in trauma work so it's really heavy And it's all relative to people like some people might not work but it's still still hard like the juggle struggles real so everyone is different but the plan helps can i just say you know having a coach and a plan is just relieves so much mental load from my head it is unbelievable i never even really know you know this i never even know what's happening in the next day on my plan i literally get up look at my plan and go right well This I'll just go do my best that I can do. So having a plan just gives me relief from my head that I that's not one more thing I have to juggle in my life. Running in the mornings, so you know catching those sunrises allows me to be present at work, and that and I'm a better person. I'm not as grumpy, and then it allows me to be present to all those kids' activities. So like. There's so many activities my kids do, it's quite crazy.
1: Do you want to list some of them off?
2: Oh my God. (laughs) 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 It's going to make me sound like we're a crazy family. No, we do do soccer. So I've got three kids, all different ages, Uh, soccer, ballet, uh, guitar. We stopped piano last year uh oh karate we've just taken on karate <laughs> uh, tennis uh, <laughs> where does it ever end but you know but running but that's the important thing I think being family that my running shouldn't come first like it's a part of the family the kids like they've got their whole life like this is the time where you know where they can be sporty i didn't i wasn't sporty but they can be sporty so giving them the opportunities that maybe you know that my husband and i didn't have is really important to us so we make that time i make the time with my kids on the way home to have those discussions in the car but like those taxi times are the best times of the day to really connect with my family And having that family dinner. So it might be 7 30, 8 o'clock at night that we're connected and we're together. The other thing that I make my family do to balance it out is we do these events usually together, which you've heard me maybe complain (laughs) about that because it can be a bit stressful. Sleeping in a caravan and, and and being at these events, but uh, doing it together like I think that's that's really important for, for our family so we we can you know I run I'm, and my husband runs and then we've got that whole time it's about them and about us as a family so it's that balance yep and how much do I love Ruby my middle child coming down on Thursday stride club like so
1: it's pretty cool um just to give a bit of context Ruby comes straight down from ballet in a ballet kit and gets, mm-hmm. the, sho- gets the shoes off and joins mum on the oval down at Princess Park in Shepparton, which is a great surface. And uh, <laughs> Ruby's, Ruby's straight into the strides usually of <laughs> four to six and she covers the ground pretty well. Don't worry about that. She's, she um,
2: does.
1: She's got a bit of mum's natural running running ability, just um, glides <laughs> across the turf, doesn't break a sweat and she doesn't want nah. it. She doesn't mind a bit of banter at the end of the strides either.
2: <laughs> she doesn't. <laughs> and I think, her. you know, I've warmed up for 12K, mind you, just yeah. to stride out with Ruby. And, you know, and she's um in full competitions asking me for Maccas if she wins. And, yeah. what, and the answer's always no. No. <laughs> no. We can have a super-duper in their club rooms. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, our- Challenge will be to try and get her along to a handicap or something like that and just um, get her to actually run outside the oval. Yes. But um, we'll see how we go.
2: That's not going to happen. She's a teenager, but we'll uh, keep her in the strides.
1: Yeah, no, it's all right. Hey, you, you think she's really got another sort of 25 years before she's going to reach her prime. So, yeah, plenty of time. Yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Balance, struggle, struggle. It's real. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, that, that, that can be one of our goals for Ruby, but what, is, what are your goals for this year? You know, you've, you've started the year, you've,
2: <laughs> you've, <her> <laughs>
1: you, you've run a 10K PB at Bendigo, you took three minutes out of your previous 10K time, which was pretty impressive. I know you wanted to run a little bit quicker, but, um, you know, in the sort of mid to high 44s, but, um, you know, very encouraging signs.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: we're only four months into the year what does the next eight months hold for yourself
2: well i could actually retire coach because
1: oh hang on there's an exclusive that's news to me (laughs)
2: well it's not just bendigo i think i started the year like yeah let's do this without a covid so i did two bays no and four peaks i just went and did four mountains like this crazy mountain goat woman um
1: been to warburton as well
2: smashed my time at warburton that was tough but Isn't that,
1: that 27 minutes I think you took out of that was that right
2: uh no I don't think it was that much I think it was like 50 I don't know it was a lot who cares yeah. it
1: was, it was oh, it was 27k on the trail
2: it was hard it was um so much fun so I've just like done a crack and pace this start of the year. I think you know my goals for this year was uh trails is play for me like trails is joy it's out of my comfort zone like I'm a nano runner on those trails. Like, I'm scared of rocks. I'm scared of dogs. I'm scared of rocks. I'm scared of downhill. I'm scared of, you know, n- n- nature. <laughs> <laughs> I, keep coming, I keep presenting to those trails. It's so much fun. It's like just play, so much play. So I want to keep doing that and I want to keep, um, you know, roads as well. And I would 42Ks in... On my 42nd year.
1: Yeah, mate. But have you got something locked in for that? Do you think maybe around October five
2: years. No.
1: Yeah.
2: October or I'm in negotiation with my partner. Yeah. I actually just did mumble today. Yes. Okay. And this is recorded, so this is better. Oh, here we go. Queenstown would be cool.
1: Yeah, okay. That's exciting. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I can hear Chris going. Oh, that's a hard course.
1: No, that's not too bad, actually. We can make that work.
2: So yeah, so it'll be either Melbourne, Mara, uh, or um, I didn't get into London, didn't get into New York. So maybe, um, oh. or, or, um, or Melbourne. So yeah, forty-two, and then maybe back to the ultras next year. Maybe even Warburton.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay, yeah. exciting times ahead. No, that's all right. I thought we might take a few minutes just to reminisce for a little bit because um, there's been a, a few adventures in our journeys. Um, I thought, and there's some funny stuff in there, but I thought I might start with a serious one to start off with. You mentioned before, you know, and this is sort of one of the ones earlier in your journey, back in 2016 you ran the um, half marathon at Run Melbourne
2: for mm-hmm.
1: your stepmum. And you raised just over $3,500 with your brother for cancer.
2: Mm-hmm. You want to
1: tell me a little bit about that one?
2: Mm, it was um, pretty amazing emotionally. Physically, it was, this is interesting. Physically, the easiest runs that I tend to do are the ones that are bigger in my heart or someone's in my heart when I do them. Um, so my stepmom was palliative. And I just felt so helpless as anyone would in that time. And like I said before, running became part of therapy um, during that time So it was a really challenging time. So I was running and I wanted to do something because her cancer, there was no cure. And Peter Mac were amazing during her care and just thought, well, if I can do something, I can, I can do that. So I did it with my brother. And my stepmom was there at each point. She was in a wheelchair and she was there with so many families and, she gave, you know, she gave me the biggest hug and I'll never forget it. Just, yeah, she was pretty amazed that I would do that, you know, for her and for, for cancer, for people that experience cancer. Um, and then two years later, I actually had a, uh, a client, a young client uh, who was a teenager who had brain cancer and I did the run, maybe it was a bit more than two years, might have been a bit later, but raised money again, and, you know, for his cancer and he was palliative as well. And I don't know, when with cancer you just feel helpless. So it was a way of doing something and keeping him in my heart.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, it just sort of speaks volumes about the quality of the person that you are, that, you know, ever since I've known you, you're always out looking for things that you can do to try and make other people's quality of life better and you know whilst um you know your stepmom and, you know, and the young fellow that had brain cancer whilst um, their illnesses were terminal the time and effort that you put into them just to brighten up their day with your presence um you know i'm sure they were extremely appreciative and just a, uh, I think it's really touching just the support that you also receive from other people, um, you know, going towards the money that you raised. And whilst it might not have necessarily um, changed the outcome for your step-mom and I think, you know, down the track, the, the efforts that you've put in, it's going to pay dividends, um, you know, and, and make a real difference for, for other people down the track.
2: Mm, I hope so. Yeah.
1: Mm. Um, I suppose there's some other... Other ones there, um, I know you're you're a passionate singer uh, <laughs> and that, um, no, Sam, you, you might, uh, our, our mate, um, Sam, who you run most of your long runs with will testify to that you're quite good at um, holding a tune during a long run, but you, you just get stuck on the chorus, mate.
2: I was saying uh, terrible because Sam never follows <laughs> through with the song lines and it's... <laughs> He's like, come on, buddy, sing with me. He's like, nah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you just, you're just setting the lines up. And
2: just, there's no one there to knock it down. You know, I would be really interested. Maybe if you know from this interview, if other people are similar, because I wonder if there's anyone else out there like me who just has these random song lines in their head when they're running, because it happens to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> And it could be Tay Tay, Here Comes the Sun, Beatles, it could be Radiance Machine. Like these songs in my head are just <laughs> <to> mess <laughs> just. But they never actually sing the whole song. So it's quite disappointing. But uh, it's a bit of a mantra work, I think. I think I use it as a bit of a distraction from the what else is going on in the body. No. <laughs>
1: So yeah, hopefully um we can get some of the listeners that you know they can pop some notes maybe on the on an insta post or you know facebook to run to pb some of the songs that they randomly
2: sing on their
1: long runs as well
2: that would be so good because mm. i'm sure sam would like to hear some other songs
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe you can do some requests or just to show a bit of solidarity uh, from the run to pb family <laughs>
2: I reckon I'm sure Sam would like that. I like a bit of jiggle and a bit of dancing as well. They're my drills. I a love a
1: bit of, bit of bit, yeah I was gonna say a bit of shoulder shimmy as well.
2: Absolutely. You can't uh, see any listening. yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> Um one of my things that I always remember pretty well. Um back in 2018, we went to the Gold Coast half marathon and um our our good mate Brady. Um, he was able to sneak us into the press the press conference on Friday, and we're in there with all the elite marathoners and um, all dressed up a little bit fancy. And um, we've just casually made our way into about the eighth row of the media scrum, grabbed a seat, and here you are sitting next to Celia Sullivan. Um, did, what what's your memories of that?
2: <laughs> I think it was just bonkers. The non again the non runner. in the elite press room (laughs) Um, so that was pretty cool just that thought and just sitting amongst you know all these people that I just admire so much and just ah just blows my mind and you know in sitting next to this amazing woman who thought that maybe I was (laughs) running (laughs) to
1: It was funny I remember sitting there and she just looked you up and down and was just trying to figure out. She's obviously quite um, fit and, and athletic. And I think she was looking at you going, I have not, I should know who this is. <laughs> we're racing against each other, but I've never seen her before. I don't know who she is. And, um, yeah, it was hilarious because you were just, you sort of said a casual hello and then just started giggling.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, geez, it was good. I think... Um, I think mean, we've got a photo of it. Um, we're just sort of sitting there amongst the media scrum and just trying to take it all in and pretend that we were meant to be there.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh <laughs> oh, no, good times. I,
2: I'm surprised she didn't get my um one of my phone number actually.
1: Yeah, well true.
2: Sponsors. I
1: wonder if she was actually looking out for you on the course that day. I
2: think <laughs> I think I saw her on the big screen.
1: Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, given that you did run the half marathon earlier that morning, so yeah. Uh, yeah. all good it was, um
2: it was um it was a very cool moment and that just I guess being a non-runner like just sort of even that like wow like these people can run that fast and that's just incredible but to them to maybe think that I was elite that was pretty cool too just saying yeah <laughs>
1: we've we've used that for a bit of credibility sometimes <laughs> <laughs> cool. oh dear um now, this, is, this one's not necessarily so well-known amongst even um, many of your friends, but um, there was a time where you were literally picked off the streets to, to appear in a TV ad.
2: I was. I'm a bit of a celebrity. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I'm going to let you tell this one. This, oh, this is fantastic. So
2: we are in the playground in Shepparton, and this random person come along, I won't talk, it'll take too long, but this random person come along and said, hey, can I interview you? We're looking um, for Campbell's Soup. Campbell's Soup do uh, soups, obviously. Oh,
1: really? <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought?
2: <laughs> chicken and corn soup. So they do chicken and corn soup. And so they said, oh, can we interview you? We want to do this kind of like TV ad and i like, oh and then the kids like yes yes please mum please mum so they interviewed us and then they said oh you know interviewing heaps and heaps of people I'm like cool all right no worries won't get that's fine done with that the following week they called me and wanted to interview us again and I'm like mm, this is weird but okay I actually grew up across from I went to the school across from Campbell Soup so, I think I started talking about that, about how I could smell the soup growing up and blah, blah, blah. And I must have told a pretty good story <laughs> because then a few weeks later, they said, Can you please show us pictures of your house? Oh, no. <laughs> my house? Oh, no, no, because you're going to get we, you're the finalists for this big TV ad. I'm like, hmm. How much money, just quietly, how much can <laughs> I get? Anyway, and then took photos of the house and then found out we were selected. And the week later, we had a producer fly down from Melbourne to check out our place. Weird. And then I think it was like the week following, we had a our whole, a whole house gutted, filled with cameras. Uh, we had professional chefs we had uh professional stylists uh we had to get a childcare care work we had a nurse our house was chockers like absolute chockers of all these people at six in the morning and I was flipping out but that's okay and I filmed all day I just it seemed to be me was the star of the show so I was like <laughs> Stirring the pot for like hours and hours, um, presenting to my family the the soup, and it took all day, and they left around six o'clock or seven o'clock and gave us a check, which wow. is so that paid for our barley trip, so that was really nice. <laughs> and then they come out. I think you. Saw, I think you were the one who told me so. So come out, this big, massive ad, you know, Kate's star in this show. Oh, my God. And it's just my hands. (laughs) Everything else got cut. My gorgeous children dress up like dolls. My husband just performing. All got cut. So. All got cut. We got in. it was like take stop take
1: in in summary you spent three days of interviews and a 12-hour day at house filled with cameras and support staff filming non-stop and there was a little two-second grab of you (laughs) staring a pot and it was just you from the wrist down
2: Oh, they made me take my garment off. I remember that because I didn't want that in. I'm like, oh no, don't take my garment off. Like, that's part, of the- <laughs> that's
1: part of the show.
2: That's part of the show. I'm oh,
1: right. <laughs> they've, they've handpicked you out of a playground for a two second grab of you staring apart. <laughs> I,
2: but, my hand's quite famous. I've had no job since, though, Chris. It's really quite disappointing.
1: Well, I suppose it did pay for a trip to Bali. You want to go out on top. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it paid for a trip and Bali But I think my um so if there's anyone out there who needs a hand model, is this a time that I can promote myself as a hand yeah, model?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I don't I see why not. If
2: needs a Garmin hand model. Um, I'm available.
1: We could probably put, I could get Zaka to put your contact details in the show notes.
2: I can stir a pot. I've done many hours. <laughs> 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 oh.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna go and see if I can find the. I don't know. Um, the no. ad on YouTube, no. and we'll get it put up because there's. I don't think there's any way that anyone's gonna be able to pick
2: you from it. <laughs> no, no. But yeah. It but did no. happen because I didn't run that day, so you know it didn't. It yeah,
1: didn't. no, I know you were filthy about that too.
2: Yeah, I was. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it was definitely um. There's look, there's many more things that we could probably touch on, but yeah, there's a, a few there that um we can put put out to the other listeners but um kate i, I just want to say thanks for giving up your time on a saturday afternoon to to hang out and i guess recap your running journey uh, you know it's obviously some light-hearted stuff there at the end but um you know a lot of sort of real raw honesty wow. there particularly um your journey starting out and um you know just how things or how running impacts you physically and mentally and I think there's a lot of things that, that our listeners can take away but yeah thank, thanks for for catching up and, and joining me on the on the Better With Running podcast.
2: Yeah, thanks Chris and um, yeah shout out to me on any sort of if you need a hand model or um, or you know just talk you'll want to talk reach out and say what was it like you know starting out running and all those sore bits that you might have you know I'm I'm yeah Shout out to me and thank you for everything that you do for me and being on my journey because without a coach, I wouldn't be all in one piece. I know that. Yeah. So thank you.
1: No, that's okay. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to be part of the ride.
2: Awesome. Thanks, guys. (laughs)